0: Talk Radio 96.7. Yeah, it's time to talk some sports in the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash, and by Foshi Jewelers, your one stop jewelry shop. All right, Ronnie O's
1: on assignment. Coach Joe is in the house. There's a tremendous amount of sports going on this week, this month, in fact. And uh, in order to talk about all that, we need a couple of incredible guests, and we've got them tonight. Later on in the show, we'll be talking about the U.S. men's national team. They're back in action in competitive matches for the first time since the World Cup. They'll be playing tomorrow in Grenada, and then Monday in Orlando against El Salvador. Former U.S. men's national team World Cup star Eric Winalda will join us later in the show to talk about that. In the meantime, we want to talk about all of the other stuff going on in the world of sports. We're talking about basketball. There's, there's football news going on. There, there's golf news. There's baseball news. And, and I know what you're thinking. No one person can keep track of all that. And if you think that, you would be wrong, because we know somebody who can keep track of all that. And he's joining us in the Ozone tonight. Of course, we're talking about director of editorial CBS Sports and the curator of onlygators.com. You keep up with all your Gator news, and we have a couple of questions about them tonight. Adam Silverstein joining us in the Ozone. Adam, it's good to talk to you again, man. We really thank you for joining us tonight on this huge night, Sweet 16, and other action going on.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I, we'll see if I can live up to the uh, expectations you just put on me
1: there. <laughs> well, you always do. And you know what? With all the basketball going on, I was planning on just focusing on that. But before we do that, who would have thought, that the most, maybe the most exciting moment of the year in sports so far and potentially the most exciting moment in baseball all year will take place in March. But Otani versus Trout, that was epic.
2: Yeah, that was certainly uh, a way to end what was a really entertaining World Baseball Classic. I mean, you know, I think a lot of baseball fans who may be a little disillusioned with Major League Baseball, just the number of games, the monotony of the entire thing, uh, being able to see something that exciting, uh, for our national pastime, which, is, you know, baseball is still the national pastime. Uh, super exciting, and what a close. You know, the two best players on the field going head-to-head, bottom of the ninth, two outs, and you can't ask for more than that.
1: It was a dream a dream situation, and it was a tremendous tournament. We uh, really enjoyed watching it, but I was just riveted during that battle, and a great pitch by Otani uh, to get the strikeout, an incredible mm-hmm. slider. I mean, that thing looked like a strike and then just dove off the plate at the end.
2: Well, he, he that entire at bat, he worked them, you know. Uh, but this is the pitches that he uh, missed were purposely in a certain area of the plate, the left side of the plate, or I guess the right side if you're the batter. Um, and then he threw his final pitch right in the same spot, but inside, and it just he absolutely nailed them. So, um, yeah, it was just a great at bat, top to bottom, from Otani. And there's a reason why this guy. I mean, look, you know, it's tough to say he's one of the best of all time, but you know, doing what he's doing right now, if he stays healthy, he's gonna be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If the whole baseball season's like that, we're in for a treat. Hey, uh, you know, we do a lot of history stuff here in the Ozone, and uh, one of the great historical figures in the NBA passed the other day, Willis Reed. Uh, mm-hmm. Last time the Knicks won the, uh, the NBA title, he was the, their leader back in 1970 and 1973.
2: An amazing player, right, Adam? Yeah, uh, all-timer. Uh, as a Knicks fan myself, someone who grew up uh, watching that team, despite living in South Florida, just how I was raised. Um, You know, certainly someone that I've, you know, read and watched a lot about. I wasn't uh, alive when he uh, was doing his thing, of course. But, um, (laughs) you know, but absolutely incredible. You know, a a true leader on that team. And there was a really sweet moment. Um, You can check it out on Twitter or online. Uh, Clyde Frazier, after the Knicks game last night, uh, had a really emotional response to um, Willis Reed's death. And if you go, you know, check that out online. It'll make you
1: feel. Let me put it that way. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not quite old enough to appreciate how good he was, so I was alive when he uh, did that amazing comeback mm-hmm. in Game 7 on the bad knee and, and, and helped spark the Knicks to the title. So that it's very special memories about those Knicks teams because that was when I was first understanding that there was such a thing as the NBA and uh, right. a, a lot right. of fun to to watch it then. Uh, right now, you know, the uh, college basketball, the Sweet 16 going on, and the Super 16 in the WNIT, the women's NIT, not normally something on our radar, but here come the Gators, the women's basketball team kind of making a run out of nowhere. Uh, it's at halftime now. They're leading Clemson 36-35. Uh, did, did anybody see this coming?
2: Uh, you know, I think Florida's a talented team with a talented coach, and they were really disappointed to miss out on the NCAA tournament. When you miss out on the NCAA tournament and you go into the NIT, you know, all the teams deserve to be there, but it's a question of motivation and a question of generally coaching, how you can turn around a team uh, in short periods of time between games. And Kelly Ray Finley has proven to be a damn good coach uh, for the Florida women's basketball team. It's, you know, these are the best back-to-back seasons that the team's had since, I think, the early 2000s, if memory serves. So she's doing a good job. Uh, they're motivated, and they want to, you know, m- make a statement in this game, and you know, or in this tournament, I should say, and they're doing a pretty damn good job. So we'll see if they pull this out and get on to the equivalent of the Elite Eight. Um, but definitely, you know, that team is trending upward and hopefully next year they get back in the tournament. And who knows?
1: Well, they were such a feel good story last season. And they yeah. seem to get off to a much slower start this year. And for a while there, the only thing they would be known for is a brawl with Kentucky. But uh, <laughs> they seem to have maybe that sparked them.
2: It, it might have. I mean, they may have just done that bunker mentality where you all kind of get all together and, you know, just it's all for the team and, and so on and so forth. I'm not, you know, in tune with every exact thing going on with that program right now just because March Madness is so crazy, uh, and the men's tournament and the women's tournament, uh, the main ones, the NCAA tournaments, are, they've been great so far. Uh, but the Gators are doing a good job, and, you know, I don't know that they're going to pull out the women's NIT, but if they were to, that would certainly be a hallmark for the program.
1: Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about the uh, men's tournament that's going on right now, uh, and uh, the close game right now the early game as uh, mm-hmm. michigan state and kansas state in a back and forth battle and we thank you for joining us now adam you'll be done early enough to see the end of this game <laughs> with this okay. segment we promise mm-hmm. uh the other game is connecticut arkansas later tonight florida atlantic and tennessee uh, at madison yeah. square garden and then out west uh at las vegas gonzaga and ucla kansas state arkansas connecticut florida atlantic and tennessee uh adam uh all of them one thing in common they all beat the gators
2: Yes, that's true. Uh, and so Justin maybe our A's schedule is just too tough, right? <laughs> it wasn't. You know, Florida did have a really tough schedule this year, and I do believe that at the time Colin Castleton went down, I still think they were eligible. Like, they, they they, could have finished the season to a degree where they could have made the NCAA tournament or just at least been playing at a level where they would have actually made a run in the NIT with that team. But Castleton going down, that just ended the season for them. But there are a couple Gator connections here. Uh, Keontae Johnson is playing... Of course, for Kansas State, he's one of the most exciting players in the tournament, and he's having a good game so far. And Dusty May, uh, the former Florida assistant under Mike White, is currently the head coach of FAU, which I think they're like 37-3 and 3 or something like that this year. I, I live uh, 20 minutes from that campus. So uh, seeing FAU play so well, a uh, South Florida team, it's awesome. I took a couple classes there back when I was in college. I went to Florida, but I took a couple classes at FAU. So seeing the Owls do well. Is great, and I, you know, a lot of people aren't giving them much of a chance tonight against Tennessee. Don't be surprised if FAU wins second.
1: I I like FAU a lot. Uh, they 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 seem like they're a quick team, and they seem big enough and long enough, uh, and defensively strong enough to give anybody a problem. And Tennessee can, mm-hmm. you, you know, they're no sure thing at all.
2: Yeah, I agree completely.
1: Yeah, well, it, the uh, you know we want to talk a little bit more about uh, uh, the basketball now. Besides FAU, the University of Miami, both the men and the women are in the Sweet 16. Mm -hmm. They both play tomorrow. The women play early in the the day. They're playing Villanova in Greenville, South Carolina, and the men are in uh, Kansas City to play Houston. Uh Mm -hmm.
2: Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, big uh uh-oh for for Miami men. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, Isaiah Wong played awful against Drake, played much better uh, in in their most recent uh, win, and it got them into the Sweet 16 when they beat Indiana. Uh, he's a key, obviously, but uh, Nigel Pack, what a you know, he's he's been a revelation for them.
2: Oh, undoubtedly, and you know, Miami's playing extremely well. I think they're probably exceeding a, some expectations when it comes to getting into you know now that they're in the NCAA tournament. The way they're playing in the tournament uh, to some degree has exceeded expectation. Uh, but they are running up against the buzzsaw in this Houston team, and, and this is a Houston team that is motivated not just to win, you know, general. Uh, But the final four is in Houston this year. So they want to come out of this weekend and play those two games at home where they would have, you would assume, a significant home court advantage. So, uh, you know, Houston's obviously a favorite in the game. They were my pick to win the tournament. And that tells you what I think is going to happen to Miami in a
1: while. Yeah, it could be the end of the line here for the Canes, uh, although they did, they'd made it to the Elite Eight last year, losing to the eventual champion, Kansas. And so uh, they could, could lose again to the eventual champion. We'll see how that goes tomorrow, tomorrow night from Kansas City. Uh, you know, Jim Laranega, an amazing coach. And the Canes, yeah. Do the Canes re- realize that the people down in Miami at UM realize just what a special thing they've got going with their basketball team?
2: I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really down there, and I, I don't unfortunately talk to many people who are Miami fans, but you would have to hope that they do. The, the crowds do seem pretty solid uh, when you watch the Canes on TV, the men's team. I think with any college basketball program that is not used to being a blue blood, so we're talking about not UConn, not Kentucky or Duke or any of those, there's always a surge in momentum when the team plays well. And a lot of times if a team goes through a season and I don't have Miami's record directly in front of me, but if they have nine, 10, 13, 14 losses, that's not really that surge of momentum to kind of get a whole, you know, team or city behind them. It's when you go on a run and you have like FAU right now, they're 37 and three or something like that. And you know, they're playing well and you know, it's happened over a long stretch of the season. So I'm not sure what kind of momentum Miami has uh, down South, but I can tell you that to have the men's and women's team both playing well simultaneously, there's a lot of excitement about the football program, despite a really tough uh, year one under Mario Cristobal. So, you know, Canes athletics seems to be going in a positive direction and they're certainly taking advantage of that NIL stuff. I can tell you that.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, especially the yeah. women's team. That, uh, I guess Haley Cavender is worth the price. <laughs> she is an yes. amazing player.
2: Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh, uh, definitely a star uh, in the making down there at Coral Gables. Uh, the Canes men teams, men's team, by the way, 27-7 and against Houston, 33-3. and okay. I have the advantage go. of having to look it up on the computer no, while we we're no, talking. I would, I,
2: would that, I would assume that momentum is there, then, because the fans have likely seen them play extremely well throughout the season. College basketball... Uh, from you know, uh, a detail standpoint, is not uh, you know what I'm strongest at in terms of all year. I don't cover it all year, uh, but nevertheless, it is um, the, the team's doing extremely well, and to have that kind of record coming out of the ACC is massively impressive. So I have to make the assumption uh, that the fans have bought in pretty much.
1: A couple of quick football questions about the Gators because Billy Napier is coming to Lakeland next week, which seems odd because it's sure. prior to the Orange and Blue game. They usually they do that afterwards, uh, but it, right yeah. after that, he'll be here on Wednesday. Right after that on Thursday, uh, next Thursday, around 10 a.m., Anthony Richardson in the Gators Pro Day. Uh, mm. are, is Anthony Richardson going to be Carolina's first pick? Did they really trade up to get Anthony Richardson?
2: You know, I watched you know a whole year of Anthony Richardson, and I saw him you know play in some spot stuff two years ago. And I think he's a really talented player who has a bright future, and he could certainly be an NFL starter, no question. Um, but from what I saw on the field, and... From what I know about him, uh, the analysis that I, I've done on him over you know, a year and a half or two years, I guess, two seasons, he obviously has not played that much uh, his first year. He got injured a couple times. Um, you know, he, there's just some flaws in the game, right? Uh, the, the reading defenses to some degree, making the right decisions, uh, keeping himself calm under pressure. And you know, I'm not saying he's not going to be a great player. He has the potential. He has the skill set and the, the athleticism. To be an all-timer in theory, but he has to put that entire package together. And I can't see a team selecting him number one overall when Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are there. In a different year, a different draft, I could absolutely see him go number one overall. Um, but in this draft, it doesn't really make sense. I think he's the third quarterback off the board. He's probably chosen by the eighth overall pick, if not earlier than that. And that's really high, way higher than a lot of people expected when he first decided to declare it for the draft but number one overall i don't see that and i i don't really think teams do either
1: well yeah it'll be interesting to watch uh, at the end of april when the draft occurs but you know prior to that of course it's coming up in two weeks it's you know one of my favorite things at all time it's the masters it'll be on yeah. cbs and uh, t- uh to me the storyline has to be rory mcelroy it, it isn't mm-hmm. isn't it his year it's got to be
2: and you know what? The problem with that is we say that every year. <laughs> I, know well, yeah, I guess you year. got a point
1: there. Right?
2: It has to be his year. It has to be his year. But, I mean, Rory is playing so well. Here's the truth. It should have been last year. He, sh- he was in position to win last year. I think he ended up losing by three strokes to Scottie Shuffler. Um, but going into Sunday, you saw the way Rory was, was playing. You said, this is it. He's going to do it. And then at the Open Championship, the British Open in July, um, you saw the way he was playing in St. Andrews, 150th. Goes into Sunday, you're like, Rory's got this in the bag. He's actually going to win in St. Andrews. What a crowning achievement for, you know, the heir apparent to Tiger Woods in many ways. And he loses. He comes up comes short there. Uh, so, you know, it's a thing. It's a thing with Rory where he just can't seem to, you know, do you know give you four really solid to great rounds at majors and, and pull it out. Um, but he's playing extremely well. I'd say he's one of the top three or four players on tour right now in terms of his game week to week. And this is another opportunity Um for him to win the masters and i think he's got a great opportunity uh... you know if, if you're a betting person depending what his odds are if, if they're anywhere like twelve to one or anything like that then i'd put a wager on rory but you have to know what you're getting into and most of the time it's heartbreak.
1: yeah i guess i will maybe extra incentive for him because the liv players will be in this tournament and uh, that right. should make for some fireworks <laughs> for sure uh... adam uh, we really appreciate it and uh... Besides uh, OnlyGators.com and you work at CBS Sports, you're also part of the Sportsline, is that right?
2: Well, uh, so Sportsline is a uh, sports betting and gambling subsidiary of com. so uh, I do make picks there for uh, NFL games and college football games primarily. I don't really touch much else, uh, but Sportsline is great. So Sportsline.com, uh, at Sportsline on uh, Twitter, and uh, yeah, if, if you want help with your uh, gambling and sports betting needs, they are there for you.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out because I could use a hand on, on that. But uh, And also, you have a wrestling podcast called Getting Over. Is that right?
2: I do, yeah. Uh, Getting Over, a uh, wrestling podcast at Getting GettingOverCast on Twitter. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can
1: find us. You got it all going on, man. We appreciate you joining us tonight. And uh, uh, let us know how, to, how that Michigan State-Kansas State game turns out. It's, gonna, it's going down to the final few minutes. It's going to be a barn yeah. burner. Well,
2: I'll, t- I'll tell you, Kansas State just went back up. They uh, took a, I think it was like a 14-0 run they took. Uh, they, Michigan State took the lead. Kansas State just jumped right back. I think they're up 5 uh, as of right now. And the game is closing
1: in. So, All right. Well, that, it's that's going to be an exciting finish. We'll see how that goes. Adam, thanks for joining us so much. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That's uh, Adam Silverstein of OnlyGators.com. Director of Editorial at CBS Sports and so many other things. And as knowledgeable a person about sports as we can have, you know, the, the feedback we get whenever Adam's on is just tremendous because it, you, you saw how, how quickly the time flies by when, when we talk to him. Well, we've got another legend coming up on the show. After the break, we'll be talking with Eric Winalda, former U.S. Men's National Team star. He played in three World Cups. Joining us here in the Ozone after the break on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF.
2: I am Jim Yarbrough, former Florida Gator and Detroit Lion, and you're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Hey, it's Ronnie Owen, Coach Joe in the
0: Ozone, brought to you by Foshi Jewelers and by Allied Scrap
1: Processors. Ronnie's out, Coach Joe's in. I want to thank Adam Silverstein of CBS Sports for joining us last segment. Uh, We had a terrific conversation. You know, we're so lucky here in Central Florida. We have access to so many great sporting events. But of all the ones I attend, there is nothing, nothing else like going to Exploria to see the U.S. men's national team in action, especially in a competitive game, a a game that matters. And they're back there this Monday to play El Salvador, part of the Nations League. It was an exciting World Cup, but now they're taking this weekend – Uh, tomorrow at Grenada, and then Monday at Exploria to play El Salvador. They're taking the first steps towards the World Cup in 2026 this weekend, and this time, 2026, it'll be here in the United States for the first time since 1994. Now, back in 1994, we have with us one of the stars of those teams from the 90s. In 106 appearances for the U.S. men's national team, he scored 34 goals. Later, he played in Germany for Bochum. He was, by the way, the first American-born player to ever play in the Bundesliga. He also was part of MLS for the Miami Long May They Live Fusion, the New England Revolution, the Chicago Fire. He was a manager for 10 years. Now a, now one of the great commentators on my favorite channel, Sirius XM 157, for sports and a great counterattack show from 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern every night. We're talking about... The amazing, the great Eric Winalda joining us in the Ozone tonight. Eric, we really appreciate you taking some time to join us here.
0: Right, no, it's no problem. You know, I'm glad it worked out. I, I'm, I'm right in the middle of being a soccer dad dropping the 7-year-old <laughs> off at her, her practice. Uh, but it, the timing worked out, so it's good to be with you.
1: Well, you do, you do so much, and, and yet you, you raise, uh, what, you have four, five kids?
0: Uh, we're at six now, so, <gasps> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it <laughs> just keeps growing. I think I'm done. I'm not going to turn into... Uh, what was his name? Philip Rivers. I, I won't go that far. <laughs> Six is
1: enough. Well, it's incredible stuff. And hey, I, I just want to say, and, and I'm not blowing smoke here, but I do love Counter-Attack Show. You know, Tony Miola, the former uh, U.S. Men's National Team goalkeeper, um, um, uh, I always enjoyed him. And when Brian Dunseth was his co-host, you know, I was a fan of his too. But since you've joined that show, you've taken it to another level, if I may say.
0: Uh, I don't know <laughs> what level that is. but <laughs> no, Actually, Tony— Tony kind of left me in a lurch today. He he decided to take the morning shift and and go with uh, uh, Ray uh, Hudson. So uh, I was just on my own today, which reminded me of uh, when I had my old show, the uh, WTF, which stood for when all the talks football, not the other meaning. But a lot of fun. I I love radio. I, I, I love the interaction. I love when people call in. Uh, and I love the fact that uh, you, you still get to stay connected to the game and have an opinion about it. Not everybody always agrees with my opinion, but I'm, I'm still going to give it.
1: Well, you know, uh, my co-host uh, isn't here tonight either, uh, So, but I only have to be on for an hour. You did three hours without one tonight, so respect. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I, I grew up in South Florida. We're approximately the same age. I'm slightly older. So I I go back to the days of the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, and uh, I was a big old fan of Ray Hudson. So, uh, you know, hearing him on the radio, too, is a, is a special treat. And I remember their big rivalry with the Tampa Bay Rowdies back then, and uh, Rodney Marsh was pretty good for the Rowdies. So he was somebody who always gave the Strikers fits. But you grew up in California, right?
0: Right, yeah. So I, I saw the other side of that. I got to meet Rodney and, and Ray much later in life, but um... – we were the George Best and the Johan Cruyffs. That that was the, the, those were the uh, the players that, that that we followed here on the West Coast it was almost as good. I I still to this day I, I gave a speech one time at uh, in Tampa and I got a big boo because the first thing I said is the only thing better than beating the rowdies and they all started <laughs> booing. <and> <laughs> being one and then that, that I kind of won them back. But the, uh, the, you know I remember those days with 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 Rodney. Rodney is. Is I made that entire room uh, when I was doing that uh, speaking engagement stand up and applaud for him and appreciate uh, who he is and his willingness to stay true to himself. He's always been somewhat of uh, a hero of mine. So, uh, floor, I mean, obviously, you you know, Fort Lauderdale, I got a chance to be there. You said the long long live there, was it? The uh, the fusion we called ourselves we called ourselves the confusion because we were a Miami team living in Fort Lauderdale, but. Uh, that was those were always good times. Love. I've always loved my time in Florida.
1: Something's never changed, Eric. You know, Inter-Miami is still playing in Fort Lauderdale right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> with uh, with David Beckham running the show, uh, they, they've they got that land on this golf course that I used to play all the time, and they were going to put a stadium there eventually. I guess we'll see how that happens. But, you know, MLS, uh, I've become— over the years, I, I got to say, you know, back in the nineties and, and so forth, that most of the time when, when we were watching soccer around here, it was when y'all were playing the national teams and club competition was sort of off our radar, but, uh, it's changed a lot. Now I'm, I'm, I'm an honest to God, you know, soccer nerd. I've got them all, but you've got Peacock ESPN plus, uh, Apple TV, by right. the way, awesome for MLS and, uh, a paramount plus wherever they're, they're telev- wherever they're televising soccer. I want to be there. And, um, you know, a big part of that is the stu- is what you all accomplished in the '90s with the U.S. Men's National Team. You sort of really brought uh, them to the forefront.
0: Well, I mean, we 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 don't know what we call ourselves anymore pioneers or 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 whatever. You know, I mean, pioneers are, are, are usually the guys that get shot in the back of the back of the bar, but <laughs> we, uh, we we we're proud of it. I mean, we really are. I I think when 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 things started. Uh, when all of us came home in the, in the you know, the in, inaugural year of the, the MLS, it was, it was really, you know, Tab and John and and me myself, Marcelo, uh, we all came home with the, with the idea of, you know, starting something, building something cool. Uh, we, we ended up looking a lot like complainers because we were in a very professional environment wherever we came from. And you know, the U S just wasn't there yet. We were still playing in, in stadiums that were 60 yards wide and, Football lines and and not really having our own training facilities and it, it was you know flying coach and all of the things that that uh, you know the old guys will always complain about but you know to look and see where it is now uh, we can't help but be proud of it and uh, the work that has been been done the growth of the game what St Louis is now doing I have so much family uh, my my you know still living in, in, in St Louis I used to spend my summers there because my the parents met in high school in St Louis so. To see that finally come to fruition, it's it's uh, you can't help but just sit back and uh, somewhat in awe of of um, you know what the league has become. And we always knew that there was support; we knew that we would get great support and, and great fans. It just took time, uh, and we're finally in a spot now where we can really just sit back and, and enjoy the fruits of our labor. Well, that
1: 1994 team, especially. I mean, you played in the World Cup in 1990 in Italy and in 1998 in France, but in 1994 in the USA. Uh, making it out of group play, a tremendous accomplishment and, and uh, very memorable. And so you played in all three of those World Cups. Uh, obviously, 94 is the most successful, but what is the difference between playing in another country for USA versus when playing here on home soil? Because I, I know what the electric, the electric atmosphere of Explorer is like, and I imagine a World Cup, you just triple that.
0: Right. I You know, I think... Um... To be fair, and you look at the last couple of of times that we've had, you know, gone through a World Cup process. I mean, the U.S. probably had their most successful World Cup when it was in uh, Korea and Japan, uh, which is is really far away. And then you had um, the South African uh, experience. Qatar is is, is, it, is its own thing, and then Germany. But um, and the next one's going to be with us. So all I can tell you is is the the exhilaration that we had. Um, and we had a lot of nervous energy too, because we didn't have a lot of experience in 94. We had a we had a young team, but, um, we were just coming into our own. So we really didn't have uh, enough experience to really handle it, but it is something there's nothing. There's nothing like that standing on a field, uh, for me in particular playing against, uh, Columbia in Pasadena, which was about 37 miles from where I grew up with all my family and friends there. It was a surreal experience. It, it you know, when, when you play in your own country, there's just a, you can't help it. There's just there's just such a, a, a more of a, an emotion and more of an attachment, of course. And you know, it, hopefully, it comes out in the right way. You got to keep your composure, but man, you want to jump out of your skin uh, when you realize the opportunity that's in front of you. I mean, like France, for example, for us. I mean, there was a movie called Forget Paris. I think we, we, we feel the same way <laughs> about about that World Cup because it, it went horribly wrong for us. But when we get that chance to uh, to step on the field in a World Cup scenario with this team, man, I I get goosebumps thinking about what these guys can do.
1: Yeah, well, it's a key World Cup uh, cycle that's just now starting, the U.S. men starting uh, at Grenada tomorrow night in in Orlando at Exploria on Monday night. Uh, Now, there's a lot of questions surrounding the the team. Uh, And one of the ones... I wasn't really going to plan on asking you this, but it's really developed just in the last couple hours. I got an alert that, and I, I, pardon me if I mispronounce his name, but Folaron... Yes, Belagoon. <laughs> yeah. Balagoon. He actually yeah, met... We're all <laughs> yeah, that are all that's, you know, in, in Central Florida, college football recruiting is a big deal, and getting the main guy, getting the arch manning or whoever is, is considered huge. Is this kind of like that?
0: It might be. Uh, for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with him, he's, He's got 16 goals uh, in Ligue 1. That's what we say uh, in France. There's only a couple of guys, and guys like Mbappe are one or two goals ahead of him. Uh, he's lighting it up with his with his club, Rems. Uh, and and what what I would say about this kid is, and if you don't know his background, you know there's an Arsenal attached attachment. He's played for the English national team at the youth level. Um, but the fact that he got on a plane and flew all the way to Orlando. Uh, and is kind of right where we uh, are going to be very shortly um, is interesting to me. It also, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you feel that they're trying to court him. They're trying to, to convince him to come play for us. We just went this with the Zendejas. We could have played for Mexico. Uh, he chose he chose the U.S. Um, it is the missing piece. It really is. I mean, we've had a lot of problems up front. Uh, finding somebody who could put the ball in the back of the net. Um, you know, I think Tony on the show on Counterattack said it best. He said we never had a problem with who the goalkeeper was going to be, and never we never had a problem with who the forward was going to be. We had a left back problem, but we never had a forward <laughs> problem. We knew it was Josie Altidore <laughs> or Brian McBride, and uh, we always knew who uh, or Dempsey. But right now we don't, we don't. And it's it's it, it, Haji right? You know, gave it his best. You know, Daryl DK's fucking to get in there. Pepe was was too young maybe for this last cycle. Um, but this kid's special, man. It—he's he, power. He's—he's he's speed. He's got great technique. He's got a great finish. Uh, everyone's saying he's got a great personality. I—I I think they throw the kitchen sink at him. I—I I don't know if this is—if you can call this with scouting or, or trying to get the number one draft pick or whatever. But he's it. He's it. So whatever we have to do, um, as far as sponsors go, let's let's throw it at him and 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 see if we can get him because. He could take us to a whole new level. We talk about World Cups. We talk about what's the success story. Uh, you talk who's going to coach Who's coach this team. Is he going to be American? Um, well, there's a lot of questions, but but this guy solves so many problems. Uh, and, and he is the solution, in my opinion, that we, we finally have a, a guy that can take us to the next level. When I say next level, what I mean by that is we could actually win the whole thing. And that's saying wow. a lot, but, but – this is this is the kind of team that has multiple players that have champion you know, you know uh, if we're talking about uh, the Champions League stuff there are guys that have unbelievable experiences and uh, under their belt and guys coming right into a very uh, crucial age you know 25 26 27 is your best age we got four or five guys that are really important to us they're going to be hitting that age right about that time and this guy could just this guy could just be setting up in front of the goal and doing his thing, and we finally have a bunch of guys that can you know, hit him in the eyebrow, and he'll, he won't miss. So uh, I'm really excited about the prospect of him coming over.
1: Well, that's amazing stuff. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And, of course, here in Orlando, we are big fans of Daryl DK, formerly of Orlando City, now with West Brom. Uh, you, you mentioned a lot of these guys uh, are, are now being successful on Premier League clubs or Bundesliga clubs or – uh, or or all over the world, really. Uh, and I guess besides coach, which you know we could talk about that for the, for the next couple of hours. Uh, but let's you, nobody really knows how, where where that's going to go. Uh, but uh, in terms of right now, the goalkeeper. You know, you mentioned Tony Miola said we always knew who the goalkeeper was why. Why is there any question about Matt Turner right now? Uh, you know, personally, it, it was always I was always a Zach Steffen guy until about a year ago when I saw that Panama game. And I saw him up close, and he, he just didn't look right. And Matt Turner seems to be yeah. coming through completely. Seems like he should be the guy, at least going forward, until somebody proves otherwise.
0: Well, he did well in the World Cup. I think the biggest concern is is that he doesn't get enough games when he's at Arsenal. Uh, I think one of the biggest telling points, uh, or telling things about you know what's going on at, at Arsenal, they had a huge game against Sporting Lisbon uh, about a week and a half ago and it was we were all under the assumption that he would get the game, but Ramsdale got the start. They lost the game. The game actually went into a penalty kick shootout, and that was that was unfortunately really telling it, that, that uh, Mikel Arteta didn't believe in him in, in a moment that uh, we don't know if it was promised to him or not, but uh, he's a number two. And, you know, it, it worked out for Zach to go to Middlesbrough and get some moments. Ethan Horvath is a, is a wonderful goalkeeper, doing great things at Luton Town, both of those guys. Are going to be a take part in in what looks like the playoffs, uh, the championship to try and get into the EPL, and those are the best games that exist. Meaning they're the most watched. We've done all the studies outside of a World Cup. When you watch uh, the championship teams going through the playoffs to get into the EPL, um, there's no higher ratings uh, in the world. It's just it's an unbelievable opportunity for those two guys. Uh, to do some great stuff in games of, of, of relevance that really matter. It could possibly push, you know, Luton Town and in, uh, uh, um, in Middlesbrough into the Premier League. See, Matt's not getting those games. He just isn't. And there's a, there's a, there's a growing concern that uh, he needs to be somewhere where he's going to get a lot of time. Now, look, I, I don't want to go long-winded on this, but it did work for the World Cup because he was getting the Carabao and the FA Cup and the Europa League games. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly consistent, meaning he was getting six games a month, which is great. It gave the other guy a, a break, but we didn't worry about uh, Matt Turner getting, getting moments. We're worrying about it now, and uh, he certainly has to change things uh, before we get to a World Cup cycle. He needs to be playing. He needs to be playing somewhere else outside of Arsenal. Great entry point, but he needs to get out of there.
1: You think maybe Arsenal will loan him out in the uh, offseason?
0: I hope so. I really do. Uh, I, I, you know, and it could be anywhere. Uh, there's there's, there's, a, there's a, a bunch of possibilities. But, I mean, I like Matt. I don't like what he said the other day about his, his comfort zones when it came to, when it came to uh, you know, who play, who's the number one. He, he, he had, showed a lot of humility there. But at the same time, I don't want that. I want confidence in my goalkeeper. I live Brad Friedel, Casey Keller, and Tony Miola, Those guys didn't even look at each other at practice because they were competitors. You know, they, off the field, they were fine, but um, for Matt to say that, it really gave me the, the, the wrong feeling that he's comfortable, and I don't want him comfortable. I want him always trying to get better.
1: Well, in terms of getting better, for the team itself, what should we be looking for at Grenada and then on Monday against El Salvador?
0: Well, I mean, people don't forget this. We've only played Grenada four times. We've we beat them all four times, but the one trip that we took to St. George's was a 3-2 slop fest and <laughs> we barely got out of there alive. So um, don't expect too much from this game. Uh, the conditions might not, uh, you know how it's like in Florida this time of year. It could, it, it could be soaking wet and then it could be beautiful ten minutes later. But um, I, I, think, I think we got to get in there. we got to bring the right attitude. Uh, it's a difficult situation with an interim manager. But I hope he picks the right guys. I hope he takes this game seriously enough to not give guys a chance. Uh, but prove your point early. Put the right, the best 11 on the field from the start. Uh, get this game over with before we get to the halftime whistle. And then if you want to tinker around with giving guys experience, then, then go for it. But don't do that from the start. We've we got to win this one.
1: The show is Counterattack. It's on Sirius XM 157, Sirius XM FC. Uh, they have all just an amazing Amazing programs, one after the other throughout the day. And, of course, if you like uh, the EPL or or, uh, other international soccer matches and MLS matches, you can catch them on that network. But Counterattack, four to seven. If you're not a soccer fan, you'll become one after listening to it. And if you are a soccer fan like me, everything you need to know to keep up with soccer, you'll find at Counterattack. And Eric Winalda, a big reason why. It's just uh, thank you for all the great service to the U.S. men's team, and thanks so much for all you do with broadcasting. And, and uh, from one Manchester United fan to another, we uh, <laughs> <laughs> really, really, you know, I missed part of your show today because I was over at our local alehouse watching that Italy-England game. could probably do three hours on the Luke Shaw red card alone, but <laughs> but uh, they only give me an hour of airtime. So. Uh, but, but thanks. We, we hope you can join us again sometime because there's always so much going on in soccer and the Women's World Cup coming up later this summer and, and so much going on with MLS. Uh, you're welcome here anytime.
0: Well I appreciate that. I'm glad it worked out. you can you got me anytime. just just give me a little bit of heads up and I'd love to join you again. I appreciate it.
1: Well, we appreciate you, Eric. thank you so much for joining us tonight in the ozone. that's the great Eric Winalda uh, from counterattack on Sirius XM FC one fifty seven from four to seven pm Eastern time every every afternoon. Uh, and uh, we're going to uh, take our last break of the night before where we come back, with our sports quiz question, where we're going to give away $30 to that great ale house where I saw that game earlier today <laughs> between Italy and England. And if you want to talk about that, feel free to call. But uh, also call in to answer the question, 682-1430, when we come back after the break on Talk Radio 96.7, WLKF.
0: This is Andy Owens, currently serving on the 12th Judicial Circuit. As a circuit judge, formerly a basketball player at the University of Florida, appearing on the
1: Ronnie Ocean Show in the Ozone.
2: Ronnie O, Coach Joe in the Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors,
0: turning scrap metal into cash, and by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry
1: shop. Here's Coach Joe. Well, we promised you incredible guests tonight, and they really came through. Adam Silverstein joined us at the first segment, and in the second segment we just completed with U.S. men's national team former star player Eric Winalda, uh, who was uh, absolutely stunningly good. And, uh, you know, the men's national team playing twice this weekend on friday and on monday so we will look forward to that we've got some uh... great action going on in the ncaa in the final uh, sweet sixteen and we'll get to that in a minute but you know what what we have to do we have to reward you ladies and gentlemen if you've been listening to this show with a thirty dollar gift certificate to the lakeland alehouse at 5650 south florida avenue where there's forty strategically located tvs and if you're there right now uh... you're, you're getting a great treat watching some great basketball uh... and uh drinking meal specials every night so you know you're not going to spend too much plus you can take $30 worth of Eric's money if you know the answer to this simple sports quiz question yes (laughs) it's a simple sports quiz question we talked about with Adam uh, briefly the great matchup in the World Baseball Classic between Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, uh, where they face each other, Otani for Japan and Trout for the USA. Now, in the regular season, of course, they're teammates on what major league team? If you know the answer, 682-1430, 682-1430, we'll give you a choice. Are they teammates for the Dodgers, the Angels, the A's, or the Padres? So there's a hint. uh, It's a team in California. They're teammates (laughs) on Otani and Mike Trout, our teammates in the major leagues. Which team is it? The Dodgers, the Angels, the A's, or the Padres. Six eight two fourteen thirty. This is hope. This is a very easy question, you know, and it's easy to look up as well. And if you're not familiar with what Team Otani plays for or Trout, they're the two best players in baseball, you know. If if you follow baseball at all, and you should because it's a great game, and we have a great team over here in the Rays. We talked about them a lot last week. But Otani and Trout are the two best players in baseball. And Otani is historically great. It has been about 100 years since they built the house that Ruth built and that Babe Ruth was in his prime. And this is the only player who can possibly compare to Babe Ruth in that time. He's, he's a once-in-a-hundred-year player. He, he had an incredible World Baseball Classic. He hit over four fifty. He had two wins pitching and the save in the final clinching game. He does it all like nobody we've seen since Babe Ruth. And if you disagree with me, feel free to call in, but good luck finding anybody who can do what Shohei Otani has done uh, other than Babe Ruth, 682-1430. Hey, you don't need to call in to talk about that. Just call in and tell me what team he plays for along with Mike Trout. Is it the Dodgers, the Angels, the A's, or the Padres? Come on, guys. 682-1430. Don't let us down because that's $30 at Lakeland Alehouse. Now, yeah, maybe you've won recently, so sorry you're not eligible. We do try to uh, limit you to one win about every six months because we were trying to be fair. we got thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners. Right, Eric? Yeah. Whatever you say, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) We have as many listeners as Eric has dollars, which could go either way, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, if you're over at the alehouse right now, or even if you're at home listening, uh, it is a barn burner finish with uh, Michigan State and Kansas. Connecticut is winning easily over Arkansas. The winner of the Connecticut Arkansas game, Connecticut, is going to play the winner of the Gonzaga UCLA game out in Las Vegas, which, by the way, is where Eric Winlaw is living these days. I didn't get a chance to talk to him about being a Vegas insider. Uh, we did talk to Adam Silverstein a little bit about the CBS Sports line that he's a part of. For those of you who like to put a dollar or two on the various contests <laughs> as a wager, no judgment here. Just be responsible. Remember, it's only—it has to be for fun. Don't try to make a living out of it. It doesn't work. Trust me. <laughs> but we've got a couple of close games going on here, and March Madness, uh, and we're we're tracking that as we go along. And uh, there's so many great things going on as well uh, in sports, uh, and we want to let you know for you Gator fans that, wow, the women's basketball team and the women's NIT playing in the Super 16 is winning right now against Clemson. The score is seventy-two to 58 and there's less than a minute to go. It's looking pretty strong. That would put the Gators in the uh, WNIT Elite Eight. So I think we're still going to be talking about the Gator women's basketball team next week when Ronnie will be back joining us then and will return. He missed a good one tonight, though. And if you didn't have a chance to hear it all, the good news is on uh, WLKF.com, at the Ozone website, you'll be able to listen to a recording of this, which will be uploaded probably in a day or so, right, Eric? He says yes.
0: One, he, one can only hope.
1: One can only hope. And if it's not, you get right with us and let us know, okay? Yeah, Ozone, O-Z-O-N-E.com. O Z O N E dot com, or is it dot O Z O N E at Hallradio dot net? Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Eric. Uh, I I should have written that down because I always forget to say it. Ozone at hallradio.net if you want to email us because you can say, hey, where is the recording of this show? Because it was really, truly a great experience to have Adam Silverstein on to talk about, among other things, the Florida women's team, which has come out of nowhere and is just making a great run in the women's NIT. It might go final before we're done. It's going to be close. We're about to end the show right now. We still don't have a winner in the sports quiz. I don't understand why. It's a really simple question. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, two of the best players in Major League Baseball, are teammates on what team? Again, last chance. Is it for the Dodgers, the Angels, the A's, or the Padres, basically one of the California teams. If you know the answer, 682 1430, call us as soon as you can. And uh, so we, because we do want to give away that $30 to the Lakeland Ale House. And we appreciate you joining us again. Once again, thanks to Adam Silverstein and thanks to the great Eric Winaldo for joining us here in the Ozone. And we'll have the band back together when Ronnie's back next week here in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7. BLKF.